Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters. As usual, I try to trade things around once in a while, change things up once in a while. Today, we're going to start this portion of the show literally on, I call them little nature factoids. I do my facts every week, but these are really little, maybe one sentence, two sentences, ideas that maybe nobody's ever heard of, some I'd never heard of. And so, you know, asking questions is what makes us human. That's why we are what we are. We look at everything around us and ask, um, who, what, when, why, where, how. The world is full of fascinating and unusual people, places, animals, plants, and objects of all kinds. Amazing things are happening now, have happened in the past, and will certainly happen in the future. And we want to know all about them. At least most people do. We know you have questions, too, like, how do snakes really get around? Why do fireworks come in so many different colors? How do earthquakes happen? Whether you want to know about nature, technology, or history, animals, or whatever, just your brain, I want to use the word thinking things up, is how we get smarter and make our world better. So, for the next little bit, the next 15 or 20 minutes, let's just kind of lean back. Let me tell you some factoids I've come across, many I've known, many I've never heard of, but I think you'll enjoy. So, sit back and relax for this part of Organic Matters. So, I guess an obvious fact to begin with is this. There are more than 8.7 million different types of creatures on this planet of ours. Let's take a look at at least a few of the more amazing ones and the ones that eh, it's easiest for us to learn about. Let's just start out right here with some fun bird facts. One question I've gotten asked quite often when I used to do so many bird shows was, can that owl, I used to carry an owl with me, turn its head completely around? Well, not completely, but amazingly close. Back in 2013, researchers figured out why an owl can turn its head, listen to this, 273 degrees. That's three quarters all the way around, folks. It's impossible when you see it to think that it hasn't broken its neck. And it doesn't cut off its own blood flow even when it does it. There's a blood pooling system in the bird's arteries that collects blood to power its brain when the neck twists so far that it would ordinarily cut circulation from the heart off. So the animal's been evolved to do this tremendous head-turning situation, which of course makes it easier for it to hunt. In many owl species, including long-eared owls, incidentally, which we do get around uh, occasionally, the ears are at different heights. Does that make sense at first? Probably not. This allows them to pinpoint the location of more than one prey animal at the same time. Increasing their chances, of course, of success of finding something to eat. Another bird I've always found fascinating, I'll give you the name, but you don't even know, it's called a griffon vulture. I happen to have raised vultures and think a lot of vultures. Well, the griffon vulture is the highest flying bird in the world, capable of reaching altitudes of over 37,000 feet. Folks, that's higher than most airplanes fly. And yet they're able to breathe and fly up there. An amazing uh, factoid. I was lucky enough when I was in South America, well, actually Central America, that I got to see a bird called the Harpy Eagle. The claim to fame of the Harpy Eagle, it's not the largest of all eagles. It, however, does have the longest, sharpest claws. Their claws are over five inches long, making them longer than the claws of an adult grizzly bear. 
And since most of us are actually kind of at least aware of eagles, think about this. Eagles can spot a tiny animal as far away as two miles away. Think about that. This enables them, especially for fish, which is one of their favorite foods, while fishing on a pond or a lake. As the eagle dives on its prey, the muscles in its eyes quickly change the curve of the entire eyeball so it can clearly see fish in the water and accurately measure how far it is underneath and how far it is away from them. If you've ever tried to throw a stick or do something in the water, it always bends. You don't, you don't get an accurate uh, shot. You think you do and you miss. Their eyes have a special adaptation so they're able to see through the water and still see where that target is. Another great interesting thought. And having hatched a few of these, I should bring up the ostrich eggs is the largest egg on Earth now. They're up to six inches in diameter and can weigh up to and over three pounds. That's a big egg, folks. While we're talking about birds, the heaviest flying bird in the entire world will be a surprise to you. Probably it's called the Great Bustard. It's kind of a long-legged prairie bird, but it weighs in at over... 30 pounds and yet is able to take off and, and go flying. That's a, that's a big bird, 30 pound bird. Think about that. And while the bustard is certainly the heaviest bird, the wandering albatross has the widest wingspan of any bird on earth, measuring at least 11 feet wide. And there's been at least one bird measured that was almost 12 feet, over 11 and a half feet wingspan on a single bird. That's, that's a lot. Anyway, it travels from the far north to the South Pole, logging in a record 18,640 miles round trip. Think about that. A little tiny bird, roughly in round figures, 19,000 mile trip every year. And in the, the little bird segment, pardon the pun, coming in at two and a quarter inches or a little bit less, Cuba's bee hummingbird is the world's smallest flying bird. Well, actually, it's the world's smallest bird, period. But it is the smallest bird in the world that we know of. It's two and a quarter inches or slightly less, 56 millimeters, and happens to live in Cuba most of the time. Let's throw a few mammals in here just for food for thought. What is a mammal? Well, we're a mammal. Cat's a mammal. Dog's a mammal. A lot of the animals most people consider animals are mammals. Real quick, kind of eighth grade education on what is a mammal. All mammals, regardless of size and shape, have a few things in common with each other. They all have backbones, and their lower jaw is attached directly to their skull. They have fur or hair at some time in their life, period. Even if you think there's some that don't, they really do have hair at some point. Their bodies are able to generate their own heat almost completely. They produce milk for their young, which drink it from the mammary glands of their mother. And except for monotremes, that's like the platypus you've probably read about. Mammals don't lay eggs. Their young are born alive. And this is an exception. I'm getting this information from an actual popular science magazine. They failed to let you know there's also, again, a small, spiny little mammal from Australia that also lays an egg. Let's go to the top of the scale for just a minute. The biggest mammal on Earth, 
ever, incidentally. The blue whale is 100 feet long, sometimes a little longer, and weighs in at a whopping 200 tons. 200 tons, folks. That's actually bigger than the biggest ever living dinosaur. Some dinosaurs might have been almost as long or even a little longer, but didn't weigh near as much. Blue whale babies weigh up to, listen to this, three tons. A baby newborn can weigh 6,000 pounds at the moment it's born. Adult blue whales, incidentally, I'm bringing this up for the kitties. Adult blue whales can poop over 50 gallons of poop at a time each time they go. Folks, that's a couple of big bathtubs full. Probably don't want a whale at the house. We talked about whales in the ocean, but let's at least bring up the world's largest land mammals. And that is, of course, the African elephant. A big adult male can weigh up to 14,000 pounds. That's almost unbelievable. That's more than a, than a couple of cars, folks. They're huge animals. For the kids listening, think about this. A big elephant weighs more than half as much as the, as the biggest school buses you guys travel to and from school on. Think about that. That's a big animal. To go to the other end of the scale, the smallest mammal that we've found so far is a tiny little animal. It's called a shrew. That will remind you somewhat of a mouse or a rat if you saw it. It weighs less than 0.14 ounces. Let's see, that's, how do we do this? Still, it may not be hard to comprehend it. So small, one-seventh of an ounce. In other words, folks, if you find a little shrew and you pick it up, it weighs less than two pennies, two little pennies, the light ones, and is less than two inches long. And that's a whole mammal. Can't imagine what the baby must look like. And just for this last minute or so, since this is just... a, a a one-quarter factoid. I just had a bunch of things I want to throw at you. I came across in some science magazines. But one I want people to think about that we, even people that, that take the time to ponder, sometimes don't think just how many ways we humans are just really kind of a hairless ape. Do you realize that we share about 99% of our DNA with, with primates? To be completely honest, for instance, chimpanzees are more like humans than they are like gorillas. Humans and chimps laugh when they're tickled and both can solve problems just like us. Chimps know who's looking back at them when they peer at themselves in a mirror. A lot of animals can't comprehend that. Chimps and humans even have the same numbers of toes and fingers, of course, and everything normal. But for those people that don't realize that, I have been... I don't know if you the words fortunate or unfortunate enough to be either working with zoos a couple of times or around people that were raising primates that didn't have um, parents. So they were trying to get them, I want to use the word acclimated, but acclimated to stay as a primate. We, we, we don't want, I have imprinted a few animals in my life. I have an imprinted parrot right now. If you listen to the show, you probably hear it. Didn't have a choice. I got it out of the egg. No parents around. It was either let it die or it became what it is. But I've raised tons of other animals that I did not imprint, even though they hung around with me for years. And among them were some primates. So when you think we're you know, up on the top of the ladder, and we are in some ways, don't get me wrong, don't underestimate uh, 
any of the monkeys, especially the upper primates, the chimpanzees and the orangutans and the gorillas, and I've even dealt with uh, the smaller monkeys, the ones you wouldn't think, well, they'd be quite so smart, lemurs. A lemur is not really a monkey, but it is a primitive primate. And you just, I just can't tell you, I don't have time, I mean, I wouldn't want to bore you on my show for how much they did and showed me that they were capable of that you'd have never ever guessed had you not stopped and just observed them and given them their own time and space. Fascinating animal. So I just want to throw that in. I haven't done that in a while. That's just one quarter of the show for this week. Just little factoids I think uh, you and maybe your grandkids or everybody would like to know. We'll start doing them every few weeks. There's a lot of information out there that we just don't distribute to our kids these days. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. <laughs>